What is the one part of your personal brand that is unique to you? No one anywhere else in the world has it. It's a story. It's your story. The difference between a visible personal brand and one that people cannot find or resonate with is that story. The reason that you wake up every morning is different than mine. And when you're looking to win at business, when you're looking to play a different game than most people play, the one underlying factor, the one secret advantage is your story. That's my guest this week, Jude Charles, and they are passionate about helping entrepreneurs bring their stories to life with video. I strongly believe this in 2022, as we're recording this, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as an executive, you no longer have the option whether or not you tell stories. It is imperative to tell stories because not only is it used in every part of your business, but it's the only thing that someone can't duplicate or take away from you. Think for a moment about the memories that you have and the ones that you share. The high likelihood is that you'll recount them with stories. For generations, we've passed on wisdom and lessons through stories. But the challenge in today's world of branding is that storytelling runs the risk of being dismissed or discounted. It's been hijacked by the marketing gurus and the online sellers. What I often think happens, storytelling has become a buzzword. And I think what often happens is that people don't get the end game of storytelling. And I think the end game is you get to play the game that you want to play. We don't want your story to be hijacked. We want your story to be told authentically to help you connect and build relationships and win business. If you want to win in business, you want to grow your business, you want to take it to the next level, whether you, let's say you're not getting any clients today, like you're, you're, at a, you're stuck, you're at a standstill, I guarantee you share your story. And that is what will open the floodgates to get people to want to connect with you in a very, it's a different way. It's no longer transactional at that point. It's transformational. Transformational is what we uncover in today's episode. We help you not just understand why you should be telling your story, but also the five dramatic demonstrations of proof and the three stages that you can leverage storytelling for dramatic results. We will have all the answers you need to be telling your story with my guest, Jude Charles, after the break. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. My name is Paul Kopkut, and my mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. Meaning you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you by this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that's already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help you, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI branded audit. A link to apply is in the show notes. Now back to the show. 
There are not many teachers who not only recognize something special in a student, but also provide them with the catalyst to launch their career. But that's exactly what my guest today, Jude Charles, experienced when he was 17. As the youngest in a family of 10 and with no entrepreneurial guides, he started his video storytelling journey and 15 years later works with a select group of highly successful entrepreneurs to get them to the next level. And he's not stopping there. He also has a way bigger life plan, which he shares in our conversation. I thought I understood the power of storytelling until I talked with Jude. This episode is not only going to be transformational for you, it was for me too. Jude, welcome. Uh, The first thing that strikes me about stories is when we see it from a business perspective, that's quite a common thing. But why focus on stories for people? Why is that so important? Every person that we come in contact with, whether it's our friends, our family, everyone has a story. Why stories for people? Because that is how we connect, Paul. Like, for example, before we got started on this podcast today, you said to me, I realized that you're Haitian, of Haitian descent. But that is because I told my story through my website or however you found me. You saw my story. You saw me talk about the very specific moment in time, because that's what a story is. It's a very specific moment in time where I used to watch TV with my dad. But then I also talk about where my parents are from. And my parents were born in Haiti. And so that's why story is important. It's what connects us. It allows us to get to know each other, even if it's our first time meeting. Like It's something different than just Paul is a male who lives in Canada, right? right. Or Jude is a male who lives in South Florida. No, there's a deeper connection. And that's why storytelling is so important. So why are people so reluctant to bring that forward as part, particularly in a business, I find it particularly in a business setting. People are there's almost like two characters, two people. There's one yeah. is this is Paul over here who is a dad and da 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 da, and then his Paul business person, and all of a sudden it goes into third person bios and all that kind of thing. Why the reluctance? I think the first surface level answer is that people are afraid to be judged. Right? Like we're taught that. We are two different people. When we go to work, we're one way. And then when we go home, we're a different person. Well, in reality, if we think about like at a very high level with like someone like Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, the reason that Apple is the way that it is, and it's one of the best companies out there right now, is because of Steve Jobs' vision. Had we not had that person and how he grew up in California and he was adopted and all these other things, if it wasn't for his personal story, the company wouldn't be where it is today. Or for example, I'll tell my own story. So I got started in video production and storytelling at 17 years old. I was in a TV production classroom. Mrs. Donnelly on May 4th, 2006 said to me, Jude, you're really, really talented at video production. You should start a business. Now, I'm the youngest of 10 children. No one in my family are entrepreneurs. My father worked as a construction worker Monday through Friday. My mother worked at a chair factory. No one in my life had been an entrepreneur, so I didn't know what it meant. But the following day, May 5th, 2006, Mrs. Donnelly handed me a yellow envelope. And I was like, what is this? And inside of the yellow envelope was my first set of business cards. That story we're not taught to tell. And I didn't tell it for a very long time when I started my business. But the more I started to tell that story, it gave someone a different frame of reference as to who I was. And that's the only reason I started sharing my story. So I think people are afraid because I I think it's like, it's a first perception, right? Like, if someone really knows who I am, they know what I'm about. Um, I could tell another story of when my car got repossessed two different times. Like it gets you vulnerable, right? It puts you in a vulnerable position. But I also think the flip side of that is it allows us to 
now have a different kind of conversation, right? Like I can see the facial reactions you're making as I'm telling the story. And now I know you're just that much more interested. It's not about the thing that I do, which is video production and storytelling. It's about who I am. And the fact that a 17 year old kid who had enough balls to say, I am going to become an entrepreneur when no one in my family is an entrepreneur. And so that's, that's why I think people are afraid is just, we're not taught to be that way. We're taught to hold back. And I, I think it's the wrong thing to do. And do you think then that ability to be slightly vulnerable makes that connection faster than if you were, I started my company, I did this, I did, rather than bring Mrs. Donnelly into it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that that connection brings us closer together. Like, I almost want to ask you, Paul, like, how did you get started? Like, not even how did you get started? I want to know what, because you're a real estate investor, correct? And elements of it, but I'm pretty sure at this point you've made a bad deal, right? Like, or a deal from hell. You've probably had a deal from hell, right? Or, or certainly clients from hell. That might be. Or clients from hell, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think, but hearing that would give me, it's not even the clients from hell that would help me understand who you are, Paul. It's how you responded to the clients from hell. It's kind of like how people like to say my core values integrity or this business core values integrity. And that's nice. It sounds great. But tell me about a moment in time where you had to lose money to do the right thing. Because that's what integrity means, right? It means to do the right thing. Tell me a moment where you lost out on money. You, you didn't take the right client. You didn't take on this bad client, even though they could pay you. Like that is integrity. And so that's, yeah, that's to me, storytelling is everything. It is everything. It's everything that is ingrained, not only in our business, but in our human interactions. I have a previous business coach I had 15, 20 years ago. He introduced it as, I can best describe what I do for a living by sharing a defining moment in my life. Is that what we're talking about here where great stories or memorable stories or impactful stories are those defining moments, good or bad, but at least there's something connected to it that you can then relay and then people buy it. So buy into the story. It doesn't sound quite right to me. It kind of <laughs> sounds forced, but... Don't buy they, into the story, but they begin to build a relationship with you. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. Like when there's a defining moment in your life that happens. So I talked about Mrs. Donnelly, but there's another defining moment where my car got repossessed two times. But the same day that my car got repossessed two times was the day that a client called me and told me she made $1 million. It's a defining moment in my life because I could have decided in that moment to be bitter because I didn't get paid anywhere close to a million dollars or say, you know what? If she made a million dollars, there's something to what I'm doing here. If I can help a client make $1 million, how do I repeat that? Because it was the first time it ever happened. And so, yes, yeah, the defining moment, again, that's why I started with like a storytelling is all about a very specific moment in time. Defining moment is one of them or origin moment, how you got started in business, which is what I talked about with Mrs. Donnelly. It's those moments, those key moments that help us understand. It's not someone buying into your story. It's just about them building a deeper connection. One more story I'll talk about is like a client story. So let's say you are, you don't like talking about yourself. You feel a little uncomfortable, but I bet you've had some clients you've helped reach success. Tell me about that story. Tell me about the mo very specific moment in time that the client had the success and they were just like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. One that, that comes to mind that is amazing, and I always love sharing it. It's not my client, but it's, it's a client story I've heard. 
we're very familiar with before and afters in the fitness industry. And there's a specific fitness coach who she coaches women who are over 40. And it's a very specific niche. And she says she received a picture one day from her client. And it was the picture was of a plane, an empty plane. And in the text message, the client says, this is the first time in my life I haven't had to ask for a seatbelt extension. Wow. Exactly. It's just straight away visual. You get it. You're exactly. Bang. That's a transformational defining moment. Even if you don't want to talk about yourself and what you do or, or how you do it, that in itself tells me a different story about what it means for you to be a fitness instructor. You're not just helping me lose weight. You're not just helping me look better in my pants that I wore in high school. This woman got her, I almost want to say dignity. I don't know how she really felt about it, but she got her dignity back. She didn't have to feel embarrassed asking for an extra seatbelt extension. That's the power of stories. That is, you're looking for that very specific moment. And that very specific moment helps me understand what you do, but how you're different in what you do as well. And is this what you talk about is the hook? Is that the hook? That could be the hook, right? Like that's, right. that's the way to drop me right into the story to get me to understand like, hey, this is going to be a different experience. So that could be the hook. The hook is all about how do I get you to pay attention to this story so that you want to hear more? How do I get you to lean in? Like the moment I told you that story, what did I do? I paused. And what happened? You said, wow, because I let that story sit with you. But now there's so much more you want to know about that story and what goes on or, or how, if I'm a fitness instructor, how I do things differently. How did I help her get that result? And I think, yeah, so it's the hook. The hook is just what gets you to lean in so we can carry you on through the rest of the story. And how do you know when you have the right hook? Because you, yeah, you might think it's great, but <laughs> maybe it doesn't land. That's but. always a good challenge. I don't know when I have it. I think sometimes I will test out a story on different people to see how they react to it, how they respond to it. At this point, Paul, I've been on over 50 podcasts. And so I've, I've refined some of the stories that I tell on the podcast, and I know which ones are going to get a reaction. And I think that's, that's the key, right? As you rehearse it, I think of comedians, comedians like Jerry Seinfeld or Kevin Hart, they go to like a small comedy club before they ever do their big shows because they're testing out, does this get people to laugh? Should I tell it a different way? And they'll do like a hundred shows, a hundred little small clubs before they do the Madison Garden uh, big show, right? Because they're testing it out. And I think it's the same thing in storytelling. As entrepreneurs, we talk to people every single day, test out the stories, and see what people respond to, see what gets them to lean in or what gets them asking more questions or what gets them engaged. Like they get lost in the story. Again, when you tell stories, it helps you build a deeper connection. I believe, and I'm very, I strongly believe this in 2022, as we're recording this, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as an executive, you no longer have the option whether or not you tell stories. It is imperative to tell stories. Because not only is it used in every part of your business, but it's the only thing that someone can't duplicate or take away from you. That is a great point, I think, to really underline that. That is the one thing. You can't take my story. I can't take your story because A, it's not going to sound authentic. Not at B, all. You know it's not. <laughs> not at all. And that it is like people can, there's competitors out there. They can copy what you do, but your story, it's the one unique thing that you not only have control over, but it's, it's yours. You own it. You own it. And the reason you're saying that is because the consumer or even the business-to-business -business buyer is a lot more savvy 
They've got their radars going, waiting for the BS story. Exactly. I call it the BS meter. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, people nowadays are very skeptical. Now more than ever because of social media, because of the news, just because of the climate and societies we live in today, people are skeptical now more than ever. And is why I have committed my life to the last 15 years to visual storytelling or what I call dramatic demonstration of proof. Because... Seeing is believing. That's a very easy way to put it. Seeing is believing. But the other way I like to put it is hearing something said 1,000 times is not as powerful as seeing it once. And so that is, I think that's the importance of it, right? Like that's the importance of not only just telling your story, but showing your story so that other people will believe. And that is, belief is the currency I live by. (laughs) It's the belief I live by because again, when you tell your story, now I believe it. And when I believe it, it becomes fact in my mind. And right. that is why I think in this day and age with how skeptical people are and their BS meters are, are up, just be authentically you. And when you do that, when you're telling your story, that's what gets people to say, I want to follow you or I want to connect with you or I want to continue this relationship. Like we might end this conversation today, Paul, and you say, you know what, Jude, I want to, I want to have another conversation. Or you know what, the next time you're in Canada, come by and see me, right? Like it is only because of the conversations we have, the stories that we're sharing with each other. That's why I say it's just not optional anymore. If you want to win in business, you want to grow your business, you want to take it to the next level, whether you, let's say you're not getting any clients today, like you're, you're at a, you're stuck, you're at a standstill. I guarantee you share your story. And that is what will open the floodgates to get people to want to connect with you in a very it's a different way. It's no longer transactional at that point. It's transformational. And I've seen it in my own business 15 years, over 15 years. I was one of those people who started by trying not to tell my story, but the moment I did, everything changed in my business. And so that's what I'm passionate about. That's why it's not just because of the work that I do. I just see it every single day. And you mentioned, I, I saw that on your website, the, the dramatic demonstration of proof. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah. So the dramatic demonstration of proof is all about showing your story, not just telling it. And I have five different dramatic demonstrations that I like to illustrate. It is uh, behind the scenes, live illustration, social proof, uh, unique mechanism and transformation. And I'll talk a little bit about each one just so people can understand. Behind the scenes is kind of like being a fly on the wall, getting to see something raw as it's happening. I often tell the story, it's a, it's a figurative story, but like if you and I, Paul, are at Starbucks, we're the only ones in the store beyond the cashier and we find a wallet on the ground. Well, if I go out of my way to pick up the wallet and then hand it into the cashier, that says something about me. If I pick up the wallet, take out the cash, try to share it with you, that says a different thing about me. But what the point is, behind the scenes is when nobody's looking but you're giving someone an insight into when nobody's looking, who you really are. So that's behind the scenes. Live illustration is uh, I could use a water bottle to illustrate a point. It's just using an object or people to illustrate a story. Maybe you can't reenact the story, but you use an object to get to make a connection in someone's mind. Social proof is we're used to social proof with testimonials, but I like to look at social proof visually. And it's all about like if someone puts their hand on their chest as they're talking to you, that means you're saying something heartfelt. If they're laughing, that means you're a funny person, right? Like there's different things, different visual cues of how our body language responds when we're dealing with people. And so that's social proof. I like to show that what that looks like. Uh, Unique mechanism is about your unique characteristics. 
I'm a person, one of my core values happens to be depth versus width. And so that's why I love doing podcasts. And that's a unique mechanism. I can show the 50 or so podcasts that I've been on visually. I can show the microphone that I'm speaking on visually, right? And then transformation, I've given a story about that already, but it's just like the same story I told. It's not just before and after, it's life after. It's that woman who gets on the plane and does not have to ask for a seatbelt extension ever again. Those are the dramatic demonstrations. And in my opinion, what I believe is that as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you need to show, not just tell your stories, because when you create that dramatic demonstration of proof, people will believe it. And when people believe, they will become raving fans. And so that's why I believe in a dramatic demonstration of proof, visual storytelling, and, and just helping entrepreneurs transform the way they show up in the world. That last one, transformation, I'm just thinking of the person listening to this, the real estate investor, they bought yep. the rundown hoarder's property, they've done it up. So very typically, that's all you see. You see the before, after. But what you're saying is maybe the after is the video of the family moving in. Yeah. After it's either been sold or rented. Yeah. The family moving in who may be in their 40s, and this is the first time they're able to own a home and what that home means to them. Or it is the grandfather who buys their grandchild a home because they weren't able, like that, that's the legacy they want to leave behind, right? Or it's the newlyweds who are just coming off of their honeymoon and this is the home that they're going to start with. All of those are three different stories, but it takes you from just being a real estate investor who buys and flips properties to a person that understands what it means to buy a home, to build a home, right? Who understands, or let's take it a different route. Let's say it's a real estate investor who as a child, his parents' home was uh, repossessed when it's a foreclosure. The reason he's doing his job today is so that he can make enough money to buy back that first home he ever lived in. Much different story, much different reason to care about working with that real estate investor, right? Because now you're not invested in just making a couple of bucks off of the next flip. You're invested. In, I want to help him get back that house because it means something to him, right? Like it's a different reason to care. It's the old saying, no one, no one uh, cares how much you know unless they know how much you care. That is right. it. And so, yes, that's why if you're a real estate investor, it is about not just looking at what you do as, oh, I just flip homes or I'm looking to make an extra buck or it's deeper than that. What else is there? What, is it, what how, else is there? And how does that help them with their business? What do you think that's... Because again, that's personal brand, isn't it? That's uniqueness versus the other 50 real estate investors running around all trying to do the same thing. <laughs> it helps you stand out in a very simple way. It just helps you stand out. I go back to what I said at the very beginning. The only difference between you and I, Paul, let's say we're both real estate investors. Let's say we both, you know, we flip homes in, in Canada. The only difference is your story is different than mine. The reason that you wake up every morning is different than mine. And when you're looking to win at business, when you're looking to play a different game than most people play, the one underlying factor, the one secret advantage is your story. If we look at two different people, like uh, two different brands, like a Tony Robbins versus a Dean Graciosi. Dean Graciosi is in real, well, he started in real estate. I don't know if he's still in it, but he started in real estate. Tony Robbins didn't, but they both had, they're both motivational speakers. And what's the difference? Tony upbringing was much different than Dean Graciosi. Tony is driven by making sure people do not suffer anymore the same way he suffered as a kid. 
Jane Graciosi, I'm not sure of his story, but it's something different. And so that is, again, if we're both the same people, we both come from the same place, we're doing something in the same area, what makes you different? Right. Why should I do business with you? When someone else is thinking, why should I do business with you versus any and every other option available to me? It's your story. And when you bring your story to life visually, now it gives you scale to use it over and over and over again. And that's, that's why I've become passionate about this over time. You've said 2022, it's not going to be an option. We have to tell stories. And what I'm yes. hearing is that video has to be the medium yes. to deliver that. And, and why do you feel so strongly that that is the case? Yeah, visually, it's, it's seeing is believing. It's two reasons. One, seeing is believing, right? So that imprints it in a person's mind. I could tell you, Paul, I want you to look at a blue house. The image that comes in your mind, or I could tell you, let's, let's actually switch that. I could say, Paul, I wanna, I'm in New York and I'm getting ready to cross a bridge. The image that comes in your mind from New York City crossing a bridge and the image that comes in my mind may be two different things. But the way I can influence that image is if I send you a picture of the exact bridge that I'm crossing. Now I've influenced the image that you have in your mind. So that's number one. The second thing why I think video is so important is scalability. I can create a video that I now share with the world that gets seen over and over and over again without me having to keep telling my own story. As a matter of fact, today, as we're recording this, I created an Instagram video that talks about my journey. So I started in 2006 as a 17-year-old kid. And I mentioned how the first five years I struggled in business, I struggled to make money. And then I said, I didn't give up. Even when my car got repossessed twice, I didn't give up. And then I talk about how it didn't get easier, but I got stronger. That video is being shown as we're recording this podcast, as we're talking and having a conversation. There's people liking it. There's people engaging with it. I am not having to retell that story. I am not having to go on stage. Although I do that, I go on stage and retell my story. I don't have to keep doing that. I can reach a different audience over and over through a very compelling story. That is why I think video is so important moving forward. Every social media platform has it. When you're going out to speak in public, you can use your videos on stage. Email marketing, you can use video. Like there is, again, it's one of those things that's like, there's so many different uses you're almost at a disadvantage not to use it, right? Like at the very least, start with your story and then begin to get that documented. Last thing I'll say about that, Paul, is we all have a video camera in our hands now. <laughs> True. We have it in our pockets. Again, and the cameras are crazy on that, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, they're crazy good. There's no reason why we shouldn't be documenting our stories and showing what's happening. Even if you're doing a remodeling project on a home, you bought the home and you're flipping it, document the entire journey. That way, we do see the before and after, but the before and after has more weight when you show this family that comes and moves in, or you show this college kid who's getting ready to start a startup. Imagine, I always say, uh, I wish I could have been there when, when, not Steve Jobs, but Jeff Bezos, when he was starting his business. What if there was a camera following him? every single day. And we always like to talk about those stories of the entrepreneur starting in their garage. What if you were the person that sold him the home? It's a different story now. I, I think the Jeff Be Bezos one, I don't know if you know the, the story, he came up with the idea of Amazon driving from New York to California. To, to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Seattle. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You imagine somebody sitting in the back filming that whole yeah. thing. And he's brainstorming and doing a yeah. list and crossing stuff off. And yep. But okay, it's the same, it's the power that we have today. 
as a real right. estate investor, again, you could show the before and after, and then you show the person, the, the entrepreneur moving in because they're like, and they tell you, they may tell you that story. They say, Hey, this is going to be the first home where I, I start my startup. I quit my job two months ago, but I'm going all in on this startup. You now have the footage for that. You made that connection. You sold him that home. You fixed it up so that he can have a home to live in. It's just, again, I think I'm grateful for the work that I do. And Mm -hmm. I have seen how it plays out over and over again. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. Like you can hear it in my voice as I tell these different (laughs) stories and different ideas. It's because I've seen the power of it. And what we're talking about right now at this point is what I call dramatic leverage. It's the most critical piece. How do you leverage your story over and over and over again? It's not just telling your story. It's not just showing your story. Now, how do you leverage your story? Right? Like that's the critical piece. How do you, how do you make sure people see it over and over? I'll actually give one quick example. I just released a book on dramatic demonstration. I mentioned that I've been on 50 different podcasts at this point. I think you're number 57 at this point. And one thing I did differently with the audiobook is that I'm not just reading the book. There are segments from the podcast that I've been featured on. They're me telling stories. That is leverage, right? That is leverage because now I'm creating a different experience through the audiobook. And when the person listens to it, they're not just thinking about Jude video storytelling. They're getting a different experience about who Jude Charles is because I'm sharing personal stories on there. I'm giving examples on there, just like I'm doing on this podcast. I may do a live illustration. Sometimes I'll do like a story breakdown where I, with the host, I'll say, hey, just tell me your story and I can help you craft it better. Completely different experience. It puts me in a completely different position because I've thought about how do I leverage everything I've done up until this point, 15 years of experience. How do I leverage that? And so again, that's why video is so important. That's why storytelling is so important. The scalability that it gives you over time the creativity that it gets you over time. It's one of those things where it's almost like you, you get to work smarter, not harder. And that is, that is right. a critical piece. So I, I'm going to change what I say to people because I used to say, create content once and then how do you repurpose it, use it again and again. I always used to say, be lazy with your brand. But now, thank you. I'm going to say leverage your brand because yeah. or, your, or your brand story because that's... Yeah. It's critical. I often talk, so with dramatic leverage, I talk about three different types of leverage. There's capital leverage. That's what we're used to, right? We just, we're looking to get the next client. We're just looking at the next move. Lateral leverage is how do you take, let's say, for example, you get the client, but now you have a case study on the client or you're telling a deeper story with the client. Just like we mentioned with real estate investors, if you're now, if you're going from just showing the before and after to now showing the people that move into the home, now that's lateral leverage. It puts you in a different position. It moves you from capital to lateral. And then dramatic leverage is you get to play in a field that you almost shouldn't be able to play in. Netflix is an example I like to use. So Netflix started in capital leverage. They were doing DVD rentals and then they moved it online. That's just still more of the same, just more rentals, right? Then they moved to lateral leverage where they started to create their own TV shows. Now they own the content. That's lateral. Still the same thing, but it's lateral. It's a lateral move. Dramatic leverage, though, is a lot of people don't know 2022, Netflix is beginning to create their own video games. Now, that's an industry they shouldn't be able to play in because they're just known for TV shows, movies, things like that. They've played in that space for a very long time. But because they've played in that space for a very long time, because they've been great at it, now they can make a move into a different industry. 
that's how I look at dramatic leverage. But they're all they're using where they started. So they're using their knowledge and experience, but then they're like making that dramatic shift. The dramatic shift. They have a platform now. They have an audience now. They have people who are interested in video games. It might be a niche, but they figured out how to do it well online. I think we've just seen with Microsoft's purchase of Activision that it's not a niche. <laughs> it's, right. it's, a, it's a big niche. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, again, that's why storytelling is so powerful. You start with the story that helps you continue along the journey. The story is what you leverage. The story is how you create the video. Video wouldn't be anything if you didn't have the story. Right. The leverage wouldn't be anything if you didn't have the story. What we're talking about with real estate investors who may decide to film families as they move in, it wouldn't mean anything without your story, your own personal story that makes you passionate about it. If I talk about the guy who wants to buy his, the home he lived in as a kid, he wants to buy that home back. What every person he puts into a home, every home he sells at this point is, has a different meaning for him. You know what I mean? So again, this, mm-hmm. it's, it, I'm trying to make the connection because I want people to see like it's what I often think happens. Storytelling has become a buzzword. And I think what often happens is that people don't get the end game of storytelling. And I think the end game is you get to play the game that you want to play. Like I am in video production today. I'll give you my own personal story. I'm in video production today. I got into video production for freedom. That is, that is it, right? I'm at a point where I'm making lateral moves. I've written a book. I'm on podcasts. I'm doing all these lateral moves. But it's to lead me to the dramatic leverage that I really want. And the dramatic leverage that I really want, Paul, executive coaching, buying out businesses, so leveraged buyouts, and then doing leadership retreats. Hmm. Why are those things important to me? Two reasons. One, My mission and purpose in life is to lead and empower entrepreneurs to have relentless courage. I do that through leadership. I lead my clients now through the work that I do, and I do it through leadership. So everything that I'm talking about, executive coaching, leadership retreats, buying out other businesses is because of that. The second reason, Paul, and this is important, the second reason is because in 2020, I had a very different year than most people. So most people, they suffered a little bit and financially they weren't that they didn't do that well. Well, I had a great year financially. <laughs> I had a really great year financially. But what came with that was depression and burnout. Hmm. I mentioned at the beginning of this, this part of the story that I got into video production for freedom. I was a 17-year-old kid. I was told I could make money with a video camera. Hello, let's do it. <laughs> but 15 years later, four, at 14 years at that point, 14 years later, I realized I wasn't as free as I thought I was. Now I want to play a different game. I don't like the, the feeling of depression and burnout. I wasn't doing it the way that I wanted to do it. Now I want to play a different game. I lost sight of what I was doing. But guess what? The executive coaching I want to do, specifically in the niche of burnout. The leverage buyouts that I want to do is because of the experience that I've had over the 15 years, seeing the behind the scenes of all these big companies that I've worked with buying out of the companies. Now I have a seat at the table. The leadership retreats, it connects the executive coaching with the buying out of businesses. Now the businesses that I do buy out, I don't want to be the day-to-day operator, but I can now take the leadership team into leadership retreats. That is the connection from storytelling to then leverage. You get to always remember your mission and vision. You get to always remember where you headed. Where do you ultimately want to be? What's the end game? 
And then you map out the way to get there. And so again, this came with time. So I'm not going to act like it came like, you know, it, it, it was like overnight, but I, I love the reason that I get on podcasts is because I want people to understand the real power of story. Like everyone's just talking about, oh yeah, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story so that you can leverage that to get to your end game. And when you think about it from that position, you don't, you're now you're no longer afraid to tell your story because you realize, no, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed and I want the right people with me on that journey. And I think you've answered a question I was going to ask, but I think you've, what you've done, first of all, in a great way, and thank you for sharing that, is underlying the importance of mission and vision. And earlier you mentioned values as well, which yeah. are all critical parts of so the I, brand. I start every interaction with a new client or consulting through Simon Sinek, start with why. Or, I, or the actual section of it is, is called dramatic clarity. So I have dramatic clarity, dramatic demonstration, dramatic leverage. But within dramatic clarity is start with why. I give that book out. I love what Simon Sinek has done with what he teaches there. But if you do not know your what will have less impact. Simon Sinek, the way he puts it, most people know what they do. They even know how they do it differently. But very few companies know why they do what they do. And it's that why that makes all the difference. But what is the why? The why is your story. And does that connection to that why help people overcome the fear of going on video? Because I know there's a little voice on the shoulder of our listener right now saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm, you know, I've got a face for radio. I, I can't do video. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. How, how do you help people? Yeah, the why is what drives you. I am an introvert and I do not like being center of attention. I do not like being on camera. I don't like doing, I don't even like the audio, right? Portion of it. But when I understand leading and empowering entrepreneurs to have relentless courage and me sharing my own story gives other people courage, I have no choice. Hmm. Because I want to wake up every morning knowing, say hypothetically, Tomorrow I pass away. I want to know that I have fulfilled my mission in life. The legacy that I leave behind, it's not about telling stories. It's not about doing video production. I want to know, and I'll literally keep a list. I want to know that I've helped you, Paul, have relentless courage. And courage looks different for each person. There is no one way to do it. But I think that, you know, the stories that, that we love to tell are the rags to riches stories or the Elon Musk who are taking that big step of courage. Well, it's a small step too. Some like me just mentioning that I went through or still going through depression and burnout, it takes courage Mm -hmm. to share that vulnerability, to share that I had a very dark moment in my life, but I'm still succeeding and I'm still alive and I'm able to share with others. Like it takes courage to do that. That is my legacy. That is what I want to leave behind. And I think that is, that is why it's, it's important. Yes. You may not want to be on camera, you may not like it. You know what it's like? I'll, I'll make this extremely practical. It's kind of like, do you have any kids, Paul? Yep. To uh, 18 and uh, sorry, 19 and 21. You remember when they were first born? Mm-hmm. You didn't get much sleep, did you? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it was annoying. It was frustrating. But you woke up every morning to do it. Why? I didn't have a choice. It's you had exactly. some little person relying on you. Exactly. There's a person out there relying on you, Paul. And if you do not share your story, that's one more person that may take a different path had they not heard your story. That's the way I look at it. And that's why I wanted to make it extremely practical because I know like with 
your listeners, I'm sure there's, a, there's quite a few parents out there. If you think about your why from that position, your why changes what you do. Why influences what? And again, when you know your why, what you do every single day changes. The way that I work in my business, I only work with seven and eight figure entrepreneurs and I only take on five clients a year, five production clients. I take on more consulting clients, but that's just story strategy and different things like that. But working with five clients a year is because I understand my why and I understand how I like to work. I work, I like to go really, really deep with my clients, depth versus width. If you've been listening for the past 40 minutes, you realize I'm a very deep person. The best way for me to do my work and to fulfill my mission is to only work with a small amount of clients. I have a team, but the way that Jude Charles needs to show up is very different. And so I only work with a small amount of clients. Now, again, I do more consulting, so it allows me to reach more people. But what else allows me to reach more people? Podcasting. Hmm. Because podcasting allows me to tell my story. But it also gives me leverage, which I've mentioned already before. I have an audiobook that now has many of the podcasts that I've been featured on. All these things... It's a big roadmap. And that's what I do in my business is, is uh, roadmapping for my clients. When I do consulting, it's called roadmapping. But it all starts with story. <laughs> that's it. Like, but it's the key point is your story. Even with your, if you're thinking about, okay, why am I waking up every morning to take care of my kids? It's a story. It's a story you just got to change. If you're willing to change the story that's in your head, you can curate the life that you want. If you're willing to change your perspective, you can curate the life that you want. And it all starts with storytelling. I think that's a great quote. We should put that everywhere. <laughs> and there's a couple of questions I'd like to ask before we kind of wrap up and let people know where they can get hold of you. So favorite personal brand or brand and why? That's a great question. I think my favorite personal brand would be, and I don't even know he runs a personal brand, but Jeff, I'm actually, I'm going to change it. It's Elon Musk. Elon Musk, I, I've been in a season of my life where I read a lot of biographies. So I read a lot, but this last two years, I've been reading a lot of biographies. I had not understood Elon Musk's journey that he, yes, he's a great entrepreneur today, but he had got kicked out of the two businesses before. And I didn't know that. The two businesses that he owned, he got kicked out as CEO and I had no idea. And it takes a lot of courage and humility to keep coming back. So Elon Musk is one of my favorite personal brands because he's very unapologetic about who he is, very mission-driven, <laughs> like he's crazy, but I value it. Understanding his story better, I value it a whole lot more. I think you just underlined it's understanding his story better helps you connect more. We just tend to see the media reported surface stuff and we all just think, yeah, he's crazy. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I for sure did. So yeah. Mm. Now you mentioned Why by Simon Sinek. So is that your favorite business book or do you have a, another? No. Book? So that's, I was mentioning Jeff Imlet. I read that book last year. That's one of my favorites. Like I couldn't put the book down. The book is called Hot Seat. It's one of my favorites because Jeff Imlet, many people don't know, he, well, General Electric is a big company, but he took over General Electric right after Jack Welch. Jack Welch was known as the best CEO in the world. <laughs> he took over right after that. What I didn't know is the day that Jeff Imlet took over was September 10th, 2001. The next wow. day was September 11th. <laughs> And General Electric has a big business in the airline industries. They provide planes. And I believe their parts and planes were used in the September 11th attack. So right. imagine you're taking over a big company the day after or the day before 9-11 and you're taking over from the guy that was known as the best CEO in the world. How do you do, how do, you do that? 
To me, that's one of the best business books because he walks you through and he's very vulnerable and sharing everything. He walks you through how he was able to do it. And there were still some tough times after that, but mm-hmm. he walks you through. And I think that's a, that's a great book to learn lessons from. It's one of the ones I know I will read every year. Hmm. I'm going to get that one. Yep. I, I sometimes used to use Jack Welsh as a, a brand, exactly a personal leadership brand example, because he can, he had that very focused it has to be number one or number two in the market or we get rid of <laughs> yeah. it and it's boom, boom, boom. I think the so. two together, if you look at Jack Welch's book and then you read Hot Seat, like you just give, they're the same company with two different views of how to run the company, two different stories too. So, right. yep. And do you have a new tool or resource that you are enjoying using right now? My iPad mini. So I didn't know I would enjoy that as much. So I have an iPad Pro 11 inch, but the iPad mini I now use to read. I read a lot. I read about 50 books a year. I didn't realize how much I would enjoy it. I didn't think I needed it, but it actually helps me to stay more focused reading. It's almost about the size of a Kindle, but I don't know. It's just a different experience. And I, I have loved, I've probably used it more than my iPad, my regular <laughs> iPad nowadays. Um, I may end up selling the regular iPad, but that was something that surprised me was having the iPad mini. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Kindle probably a year and a half ago. I I thought I would never, I always used to love the kinesthetic feel of a book. You know, I always felt yeah. if I've got the book, I'm, I'm definitely reading it. And then you get into Kindle and you can highlight stuff and yeah. save. And you know, it's, hard, it's hard not to get Kindle yep. versions. So. Yeah. You know what? I'll mention one more that I've actually, it's a new one too, Notion. So okay. Notion is an app. I think they call it like an app for your brain, but I've been able to organize my thoughts better through Notion because what I do, I, you mentioned highlighting and like taking notes within Kindle. I'll take those same notes and move them to Notion. And then I try to look for the similarities in different books that I'm reading so that I'm seeing patterns. I'm always doing pattern recognition. And so I like to see the patterns in different entrepreneurs and their stories and their journeys. Notion has helped me do that. So that's the, I'll give you two. I'll give you a bonus. Uh, iPad mini, or as you mentioned, the Kindle, just something to read with, a digital thing to read with, but also Notion to like synthesize your thoughts as you're reading. Right. Those two I'll mention. Wonderful. And do you have a favorite quote? Keep going no matter what. Reginald F. Lewis. He is an entrepreneur. He has passed, he has since passed away, but he started, he was the first African American to form a billion dollar business. He did leveraged buyouts. He didn't create the businesses, but he bought them out to create a billion dollar business. But that was his, he started as a lawyer. That was his uh trade and then went into entrepreneurship. And that was his quote: keep going no matter what. No matter how hard it gets, keep going like it. The question that occurred to me that I didn't ask you, who do you consider out there are good storytellers? Simon Sinek is a great one. Mm-hmm. I've been to some of his events. Uh, he does a Q&A and he surprised me one day. He literally answered every question with a story. Every wow. question. And it was magical because it was just like, how does he have a story for every <laughs> question? Simon Sinek is one. I think another one would be Oprah. Oprah's a great storyteller, I think. We have obviously seen what the success she's had over the years, but she was really good at pulling stories out of people. Storytelling is all about editing. And, it takes a, and I think for her, it takes a skill to understand how to pull those stories out. Like I know the biggest recent interview she did was with the royal family, or not the whole family, but the couple. And there were just a lot of stories that came out that people had never heard before. And I think that takes a skill too. It's not just learning how to tell a story, but how to bring a story out of someone. So yeah, Simon Sinek, great storyteller, but in her own right too, Oprah, 
Oprah Winfrey is a great storyteller as well. When you mentioned earlier about behind the scenes, I immediately thought video behind the scenes is Garrett, Gary Vee. He has those two people that follow him everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Gary Vee is another good one. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, a lot of success he's had is, it wasn't just doing the videos where he's sitting in front of the camera talking. It was the Gary Vee dailies where he got to tell stories and he, you got to see him interact with people. That's what took yep. him to another level. I've studied his career as well. Um, and that's what took him to another level is he's just sharing his story, his story about how he took over his dad's company, the, the wine company to get to where he is today. Um, so yeah, it's another great storyteller. That's a good one. Thank I've, you. I've, I've been uh, fortunate enough to meet him uh, twice. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, and the first time I met him was in a Starbucks in Toronto <laughs> and he was about to speak and I had my copy of the book. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was doing the typical fan thing, go up for the autograph. Yeah. And he put the book to, and pen to one side and he, said, he just said, sit down, tell me what's going on. Oh, wow. That was his immediate reaction was he wanted to know more. Tell, in other words, he was saying, tell me your story. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Of- but, but imagine that the story you're telling now tells me something different about him too. Right. You told me about the very, I just want to wrap this up because I want to make sure listeners are paying attention. You told me about the very specific time that you met Gary Vee and what he did. Now that impression of that story makes me think differently about Gary Vee. Here's a guy who's so busy, has so much going on. And he's just like, no, tell me your story. Let me get to know you a little bit, Paul. Yeah. It's different. It's different. And that's why storytelling is so important. Like if you listen to nothing else, if you just listen to that story that <laughs> Paul just told, like, that's it. That's the power of stories. It's a different Wonderful. relationship. It's a different relationship. Thank you for having me, Paul. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. Conversation. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Jude. And I wish no you problem. continued success with your mission and your why. Thank you. I can feel it coming through. It's definitely <laughs> there. So. Thank you very much. How can people get hold of you? How can they find out more about what you do? Yeah, the best place to connect with me is I write a newsletter. It's called the Dramatic Leverage Newsletter. And it's all about what I've been talking about. How do you connect story to the bigger dream that you have or the next step that you want to make? So the best place to go there is judecharles.co forward slash newsletter. And I'm sure Paul will have this in the show notes, but judecharles.co forward slash newsletter. You do have to apply to be on the list and we'll connect that way. If you want the book, you can also, that'll be the same place to find the book as well. Okay. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you. Well, was that fantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.